Brother Alayu came to faith in Jesus at age 12 in Ethiopia. A few years later, his devotion to Christ would be tested. I had been 16 when communist leaders came to me and took me to their office and uh, asked me to denounce Jesus. The communist leader, he put his gun on his table and uh, he asked me, choose from Jesus or my gun. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton, and I am in the studio today in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, with Brother Alayu. He is from an organization called Global Call. They are working to spread the gospel in Ethiopia, but also in some of the surrounding nations. Brother Alayu, welcome to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you so much for having me. We are just thrilled that you're here. Uh, I want to start out by talking a little bit about your story. You were born into a family of Ethiopian Orthodox priests, and yet you are now a follower of Jesus Christ. Talk about how you came to faith in Christ. Um, I was uh, 12 years old when I encountered Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Missionaries from America came to my village, and uh, they introduced us to Jesus Christ. And uh, I just wanted to have a, a peace and um, went to the missionaries and asked them, I am in fear of hell. Do you please help me to be saved? And they just taught me uh, Jesus Christ. And I came to know the Lord and uh, the overflow of uh, joy was such amazing at that time. Uh, the whole family, I have eight brothers and uh, a sister, and everyone came to know the Lord because of that encounter. Wow. Yeah. I would suspect, though, at first, they weren't very happy to have our son, our brother, saying, wait a minute, I follow Jesus now. What was their initial response when you said, I've come to faith? They were very disappointed, uh, and um, they forced me actually to, to leave uh, the home. Uh, but finally, you know, uh, my, my father was, you know, my kids are so good, why I push them out? So he uh, said, come, come back home. And, uh, you know, uh, most of um, my family and cousins came to know the Lord, and we have started our first church while I was 12 years old. Wow. Now, we're going to talk a little more about this as we come to it, but before you came to faith in Christ as the Savior, what were you told about Jesus within the Ethiopian Orthodox Church? Yeah, uh, uh, I mean, they, they teach you Jesus in the Orthodox Church, but uh, they have the, challenge, the theological challenge uh, to believe Jesus is uh, fully man and fully God. So they, they tell you Jesus is God, and uh, you need uh, uh, other mediators to um, uh, pray 
and uh, to to encounter uh, God. So uh, Jesus is um, just fully man in the Orthodox Church where I was where where I was grown. Just just fully God. Yeah. Not man. Not not. So man. we we need a um, we need a human to be able to reach God. To be able to even to reach Jesus. Yes. Uh, so they they believe that uh, Mary is our mediator, the angels and other Ethiopian saints and uh, international saints like Paul, uh, Peter has to be our mediators to uh, see God. Wow. Okay. We're, we're going to unpack that a little bit as we go on. I know even in the last year, the last two years, we have seen more persecution happening in Ethiopia. In fact, uh, just a couple months ago, a pastor was stabbed literally as he's in his pulpit preaching. Can you talk a little bit about, about that case and also about why? Why is persecution increasing? So uh, this, this pastor has been uh, preaching in his pulpit. A strange man came in and sat in the front of uh, the pulpit. When the pastor was preaching, he just jumped and st- stabbed uh, the, the pastor and killed him. Right in the immedi- middle of the service. Uh, immediately. Wow. I think uh, our theological difference uh, brought this uh, tension and uh, persecution, you know. We say that Jesus is our mediator, and they say that Mary and the angels are uh, their mediator. The growth of the church, the growth of the evangelical church uh, exponentially, uh, you know, affected uh, the Orthodox Church, and they don't want us to grow. They don't want us to take their people and baptize their people. So uh, that is the tension. Theological difference is our tension, and they don't want the evangelical churches to grow. They want just the, the evangelical churches to die, and uh, they persecute Christians. Uh, theological tension is, is a, one thing, but actually, you know, stabbing a pastor in the middle of a service, that's very intense. Is the evangelical church growing in Ethiopia? We went underground one million Christians because there was persecution all over. We had no church, we had no Bible, uh, so we went one million. After 17 years, uh, we came out five million. Wow. <laughs> and that today, after 30 years, we have grown to 25 million. Wow. So the church is growing exponentially. And I want to unpack a little bit. We talked a little bit about as, as a boy in the Orthodox Church, you're told one thing about Jesus. He's God, but he's not man. Uh, let's un- look at a little bit also at the history, because the church actually dates back all the way to the Queen of Sheba going to visit King Solomon mm-hmm. and bringing back some of the Jewish teachings. Mm-hmm. So they, they kind of have this foundation of some of the Jewish teachings, and then they added Jesus in, and then there's also some African tribal practices, even like witch doctor kind of practices. Uh, give us a little bit of kind of an understanding as, as American Christians, what are some of the teachings? What is some of the history? Why is the Orthodox Church so powerful within the country? The, the Jewish tradition in the church, like they build their church, like the temple in the Old Testament. So uh, every church has a holy of holies yes. and, and the holy place. And, yes, and okay. the outside place. They, they practice Judaism. The same time they have uh, 
probably thousands of books written by monks. And the monks think that uh, they have received it from God, from the Holy Spirit, but they are totally against the Bible. They are apostasy. I mean, they teach against the Bible and the Orthodox Church use these books written by monks instead of the Bible. And the other challenge is they, they don't have the ancient Giz Bible. It is ancient language. It's not the people's language. So they use that Bible with the ancient language to teach the people, and the people don't understand. So the Bible they do have is in a language that nobody speaks anymore except the priests. Yes, and yet that, that's what they read in, in a service. They would read the Bible out of that in that ancient language that no one understands. Yeah. And then say, <laughs> now go and be blessed. Yeah. And uh, I can tell you that uh, the, the people are so hungry for truth, so hungry for God, but um, they are not getting what they need to get from, from the, the scripture. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the Ethiopian church has been very strong um, strong in the region because of strong culture, strong uh, leadership, strong structure, and um, also uh, they defend the Muslims not to come to the country for many years. They're seen as doing a, a good thing for the country by holding off the advance of Islam. Yes, okay. and uh, you know, Islam came the same time when they came to North Africa. They came to Ethiopia at the same time when they come to North Africa. They took over North Africa, I mean, you can see. But uh, Ethiopia, Ethiopian Orthodox Church defended for many years so right now, I mean, Muslim is, uh, you know, coming to be the second uh, major religion in the country. So how does the Orthodox Church, maybe the authorities in the Orthodox Church, but also just the regular people who are sitting in the pews, how do they view evangelical Christians? They think that we are their enemies. Because, their enemies. Yeah, because they think that we are, ha- we are hating Mary. Our teaching is, you know, Mary is a saint. We, we, we respect all Christians, all saints, angels. I mean, we respect everyone. But they think that we are an enemy to Mary because we say Mary is not our mediator. Right. Uh, so uh, they think that we are taking their people. So uh, if, if, if you are, I mean, if you are taking their people, you are their enemy, you know. Right. So... Uh, they are against Christians because of uh, that theology. So why is it so important, and we talked a little bit about it, to get Bibles to people? Uh, because as you say, they are hungry. They want the truth. So what happens when you give someone a Bible that's actually in a language they speak? It's a language they understand. Yeah, we have, we have seen an excitement, joy uh, in the people because uh, they have never— allowed by the priests or by the Orthodox Church to have a Bible in their homes. You can imagine American households has 4.4 Bibles in average. Ethiopia, (laughs) 0.001. So the only Bibles in that culture, the only place you're allowed to have a Bible is within the church building itself. Within the church building, but only the priest. Only the priest can look at it. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, when you say, hey, here's a Bible, and by the way, 
You can take it home. You can read it whenever you want. You can see how that would just be an eye-opener. Yeah, that's just an opener, and we believe that it is a way to transform the Orthodox Church. One of the things that you're specifically doing is trying to reach Orthodox priests. It seems like they would be the hardest people to reach because they're so steeped in that culture. But but why are you specifically trying to reach priests with the gospel? Yeah, uh, the, the priests are very respected in their community, uh, highly respected, actually. And they are seen as uh, the sole father for, uh, for household. Uh, and uh, if we reach one priest, we can reach 800 people under his, his leadership. So, I mean, we can, we can transform the whole Orthodox Church without, I mean, picking just individuals. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we don't want just to pick individuals and bring to the evangelicals. If the church, the Orthodox Church is being reformed, that's all what we want. So when someone who was from an Orthodox background would come to a church like that, they wouldn't feel uncomfortable. They wouldn't feel completely out of place. It would sort of resonate with what they expected to find in a church. Yes. But then they could hear the message of Jesus. Yes. I would assume, though, there is persecution that comes as well. When when his leaders figure out, hey, wait a minute, he's he's not doing things we say he should do, what does that persecution look like? They have uh, destroyed one of uh, uh, the priest's home. Uh, because he was leading Bible studies, you know, he was bringing people to Christ. We have two strategies to continue this work. One of the strategies is uh, training the priests, reaching out to the Orthodox people, but also we train the evangelicals so that they can be uh, in the side of the priest when he faces persecution. And they help him to start his own congregation. So we are doing the work with the evangelicals as well as with the priests so that they can be intervene and grow. And, uh, the body of Christ, yes. help, helping each other. Yes. How do you disciple these new believers? As, as they come to faith, how do you train them up and make them strong in faith? We train the priests how to disciple others. Uh, and we have uh, tools training tools, and we deliver those training tools to the priests. So that tells me how important it is to disciple them so that they are passing on good teaching, because as you say, everyone who hears it takes it as really the Word of God. I mean, this is the Word of God, so it's so important to get them quickly discipled and trained to teach well. Yeah, I mean, you can imagine those people had been practicing witchcraft, uh, I mean, practicing uh, different uh, traditional religion, religious things. And uh, when their priests say, no more witchcraft, no more these things, and we have faith in God and we have the authority of the word, they immediately, you know, accept him and continue uh, to follow him. You you talked about the fact that initially your family (laughs) kicked you out, Mm -hmm. uh, but you also faced more persecution. Tell us a little bit about that. I came to know the Lord while I was 12 years old. I had been 16 when communist leaders came to me and took me to their office and uh, asked me to denounce Jesus. 
So the, the communist leader said uh, he put his gun on, the, on his table and uh, he asked me, choose from Jesus or my gun. And I told him that I have already chosen Jesus Christ. Uh, so he insulted me and took me to the prison. But uh, uh, because uh, he was one of our cousins, uh, our family were disappointed on him, and so he released me immediately. But my wife had been in prison, in chains, by the Orthodox leaders, and uh, she was uh, bleeding on her leg, on her leg because of the the, the chains. Uh, we believe that the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. I was imprisoned at sixteen. You can imagine how God used my life and ministry to plant over 9,000 churches and to bring 1.2 million people in the Eastern African region. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Brother Alayu. He is from Global Call, their website, by the way, globalcall.org. Brother Alayu, how is Voice of the Martyrs helping in the work that you're doing? Oh, it's such amazing because um, Ethiopia is uh, one of uh, uh, the nation uh, right now, especially uh, with persecution. In that, maybe in whole Africa, uh, persecution from the Muslims, persecution from the, the Orthodox Church. So, Voice of the Martyrs is um, supporting us not just to build homes and uh, deliver Bibles, but to bring the mission of Christ to the villages and strengthen the leaders and lift up the, the community uh, and uh, con- so that they can continue the mission of God uh, given to them. So Voice of the Martyrs is, we know that they are helping persecuted church, but uh, it is bigger than that. It is doing the mission of God lifting up the church to do the work of the Lord and uh, uh, expanding the kingdom. Amen. That, that is our calling, to expand the kingdom. Uh, Brother Alayu, as we finish, we always want to equip people to pray. So, so the people who listen to this radio program, the people who listen to this podcast, we want them to pray. How can they pray for the work that you're doing and for Global Call? Thank you so much, actually. Uh, this is uh, such a privilege to share our burden for uh, that region. We need the gospel to go to the, the Orthodox Church, and we need to transform the Orthodox Church. But we need your prayers for the Orthodox Church to be transformed inside. Amen. And um, uh, we need to pray for uh, our brothers and sisters who are uh, struggling suffering right now everywhere in the country. So pray for Christians to endure hardship and pray for the expansion of the kingdom of God. I mean, we have this orthodox issue, you know, they, they, they persecute the Christians. But you can imagine Ethiopia is surrounded by Muslim countries. Mm-hmm. Every Muslim country is surrounding Ethiopia and there is so much interest to come in and take over Ethiopia, invade Ethiopia as a Muslim. So we need to pray for this nation. I mean, pray for Ethiopia. I mean, it's, it's uh, very crazy and 
challenging time uh, for the Ethiopian church. But you can imagine with this persecution, we are doubling our numbers every year. We are growing. So God is using even the persecution, even the conflict within the country. God is using all of that to grow the church. Yes. So uh, God is using every opportunity to bring people to his kingdom. We had been uh, facing persecution last year uh, in one of uh, the regions, and uh, people came to one of the new converts, and uh, they asked him to denounce Jesus, and he said no. And they came as a group, and they beat him so hard, and finally they even cut his left hand and left him alone. Wow. They, did they cut off his arm? Yes. Like amputated it. Yes. Oh, my. The church is also destroyed, and we have to rebuild the church. We have to rehabilitate, rehabilitate the, this, this brother. And um, he went to the hospital, and he is healed. Uh, he, uh, we have started a business for him so that he can be uh, strong in his face. Well, how long had he been a Christian before that persecution came? Uh, how, uh, one and a half year. So yeah, just, just a year young. And a half. Just, he, he is young. Wow. I can, I can tell you another story. Uh, we have uh, someone, I was doing, you know, Orthodox Muslim evangelism. So he came to know the Lord. He was a new Christian and uh, he was not going to the mosque. And uh, they said, uh, why you are not coming to mo- the mosque? No, I don't, I don't want to come to the mosque. Why? Because I've got a savior and I'm saved. So they said, if you don't come, we'll come after you. And they came Friday after their prayers and they tied his hand, tied his leg, tied his wife and his children and they slaughtered him. Oh my. I went there to, to comfort their, the, the, the family, to rehabilitate the family. But uh, the church, we have planted 23 churches immediately after his, his, his death. The church grew amazingly. Does, does that kind of situation, do, do the people ask, why, why was that guy willing to die rather than just, all he had to do was go to the mosque. Why, yeah. would, he, why would he not just go? Yeah, so, uh, so that, that is, that's one of the, the witness. So the people says he has got something good. He should not die for, for something bad or, you know, uh, something simple. So they question. And uh, immediately they, they, they meet our church planters. And they, they get saved, you know. So, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so as you say, the, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. And in this case, the blood of the martyr was the seed of 23 churches. Yes. Brother Alayu, thank you so much for sharing your, your own personal testimony. It's so exciting to hear about the work that's going on. And uh, I hope our listeners will pray this week, especially for your work. And I think especially of the, the efforts to reach Orthodox priests with the gospel. As you said, every single one of them has influence over 800 people. Yeah. Uh, so reaching one with the gospel— filters down to 800 more people. Uh, So let's pray this week for Brother Alayu, for Global Call, and for the work to reach Orthodox priests in Ethiopia. 
Brother Ali, you thank you so much for being our guest this week on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you so much having me here and uh, everything you do, your prayers, your uh, contributions are impacting and making a difference uh, in around the world. Thank you so much. Amen. It is it is our honor. God has put us at this time in this place to be able to serve alongside people like you, and uh, so it is our honor. Bless you. Thank you for listening this week to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. As always, if you are just now joining us, you can go to vomradio.net. You can hear this entire conversation again. I would encourage you, don't just listen yourself. Share it with a Christian friend. Invite them to join you to pray for God's work in Ethiopia, to pray for the church there. And join us again next week as we continue to talk about what God is doing all around the world right here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.